This episode of The Taylor Stevens Show is brought to you by listeners, readers, and patrons. If you'd like to learn how to support this podcast, please visit www.patreon.com slash taylorstevens. This is Taylor Stevens, the New York Times bestselling and award-winning author of kick-ass international thrillers, and this is The Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt one word at a time and trying not to get frozen off while we're doing it. <laughs> so Taylor, it is, I think it's 84 degrees here and the sun is shining. How are things where you are? Uh, temperature was 8 degrees the last time I checked. <laughs> It's a balmy eight degrees. You sound like a weather balmy person. Balmy eight degrees. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, this episode, you guys, is just going to be straight up chit-chat. We have no idea how long the electricity is going to stay on because it's been powering on and off throughout the day and is probably going to continue powering on and off. Um, and I have, it has been a, just an insane week and I have stories to tell, and you are my captive audience and have no choice but to listen to them. So, <laughs> <laughs> And I will be standing in for all of you and laughing wherever appropriate and, and yeah. sighing wherever appropriate and offering sympathy, if that's appropriate. So those of you who are on Patreon already are going to know a lot of this stuff because you'll have uh, been seeing the posts that went up, except Steve, for some reason, has not read them. So news to him, too. Um, and it started right about a week ago when um, uh, there's a goat that lives here that uh, is pregnant. And I knew she was pregnant. It's um, her first pregnancy. And so in preparing for it or whatever, God placed set up for her. And uh, I knew the weather was going to be getting cold. We could see that coming in the forecast. And we're like, gee, hope that she waits to have the baby. But, you know, just in case. Let's get all of this sorted out. And um, but based on the way she looked and based on her tail ligaments, which that's how you tell if a, a goat is getting close to labor is their tail ligaments start to soften up and you can actually like push your fingers down underneath them. Based on that, it looked like we had at least, you know, another week or so to go. And so I went away for night and I came back and the goat was not with all the other goats usually come running because they say people food yeah grain yeah yum and she wasn't there i'm like oh my god and um and then we hear her like screaming from way down in the pasture so go running over there and she's on the ground and clearly in labor and in distress and she's kind of paralyzed she can't get up and um i didn't know i have any way of knowing how long she'd been like this but I don't like, I'm not a goat person. Like I don't, there are goats here and um, I, I've learned a bit about taking care of them, just trial and error and experience, but it's not like I'm raising goats. It's not like they, they just live outside and they keep, take care of the weeds and do what goats do. And then just try and make sure that they don't die. And goats are really, really good. I've learned at finding very creative and new ways to die. That's, that's, that seems to be their whole purpose in life is finding new ways to die. <laughs> and, um, so, you know, but, but I've read off and on over the years about goats and, 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 and other animals too, like, you know, through agricultural forums and whatever. And I've, I've read so many stories about, 
you know, well, goats are supposed to be able to just birth their babies by themselves versus, oh, there's all these horror stories of things that can happen. And I'm just always hoping the horror stories don't happen because I don't know what to do. Like, I am not that person. And I've read stories from women who are like farmers and, you know, they'll, they find their cow out in the field and they, it's been struggling to give birth and the cow's paralyzed and um, the, the calf is born, they have to pull a stillborn calf out of it. And so I learned that, okay, if the, the animal's in labor for too long, like the baby's in the birth canal and it puts pressure on the nerves and then it paralyzes them. And sometimes that paralysis will go away after time. Sometimes not. You just kind of have to help that give them, you know, space to heal or whatever. And so I, I get out there and this goat is underneath these trees out in the dirt and and she can't walk in. And I immediately know that's what's happening. Like she's been here for long enough that she can't something it's been on her nerves, right? Like the, the baby's been pressed on her nerves. And so I'm like, I do not have the skills to take care of this. I don't have the supplies to take care of this, but if I don't take care of it, then she or the baby are going to die. Maybe both. So I go running back in and I'm like, okay, you know, I've got like normal surgical gloves, uh, you know, like just the types of things, not not up to your elbow type gloves, just the normal wrist ones that, you know, are in a little first aid kit or whatever. So I'm like, wash my hands, my elbows and 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 uh, grab towels and grab the gloves and just go running back out there. And, um, you know, she's pushing. It, it, it's clear that she's pushing and, and, you know, I don't know how long she's been doing that for. And so, you know, I, I have some lubrication oil on my hands and I just like, and I go. <laughs> and so normally like when, when goats are born, maybe goats are born, they come feet first, like with their nose on top, kind of like a diver. And sometimes they come with their back legs first, but I'm not feeling any feet. And it, 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 by this time, the, the baby is like just, it's it's not in, it's it's coming out, but it's not coming out, you know? And so I'm trying to help her and, and I, I'm any feet. And I'm like, this isn't the head, this isn't the feet. And it takes me a minute to realize that this is its butt. It's coming breech butt first. And later I researched it and it's called Frank Beach position. And it's dangerous because the babe, the mom cannot push the baby out and so you know I like grabbed onto it and just kind of tried to help and pull it with the contractions and I finally get the back half of it out and it's not moving and and so I'm just like okay come on come on come on next contraction I pull it out and I just start clearing off the baby's face and trying to get the the goop off of it because once that sack is broken the baby starts to breathe even if it's in the birth canal and then they basically drown you know and so like 10 seconds in, all of a sudden it starts kicking and I'm just like, okay, it starts making noise. I'm like, oh my God, okay. So get that goat up by the mom's head and so she can start cleaning it as part of the bonding process. If the moms don't clean off the, the babies, then they just kind of end up rejecting them. So it's really important that they do that. So I get that up there and, and I'm like, okay, I don't know. Does she have another baby coming? And I'm just sitting there waiting with her and I'm, I'm really happy that the baby's alive. But as time starts going on, that baby's not walking and the mom's not walking. And I'm like, oh, my God, um, I just don't know and what to do. And then the, um, the thing about goats also is that uh, they have, the babies have to drink colostrum off their mother in the first um, certain number of hours because if they don't, it can become a life-threatening emergency. Like they have to get that 
colostrum from the mom. It's got antibodies and other things that they need. And the alternative is you have to supplement with like store made stuff, but I didn't have any of that on hand. And so like, I'm trying to get the baby suckling, but the mom, you know, it's just, it's really like, how do I do this? Nobody's, nobody's working here, you know? To finally get her latched on as a little girl and um you know the mom's still like cleaning her up and she's you know but it's just like right before cold front is supposed to start moving in so the weather when it started was really nice it was a really nice day but now the sun is starting to set and it's starting to get cold and i'm like we've got to get them out of here but and, and it is the shelter but the mom can't walk so that was a whole production of challenge and finally get them um, set up inside. And, um, oh, and wait then, a minute. How, how did you get them from point was, A to point B? Wheelbarrows and carrying it. I had help. It wasn't just me. I guess no way oh I could have done that by gosh. myself. And so, um, so get them inside this little shelter area where they would be warm and safe. And, you know, I, I stayed with the mom until like I didn't know if there was another kid coming because normally they you know two is pretty normal three is not unusual sometimes they'll do four but one is normal too sometimes but I just didn't know and this was a big baby for the size of the mom and so you know I had to stick my hands all the way up in there and feel is there another baby and I'm like okay no there's the afterbirth but that and I had to stay and wait until that came out make sure that was complete and by the time I left that evening um the the dough could sort of kind of stand but um there was something wrong definitely something wrong with her one of her back legs like she couldn't like if she tried to put weight on it it would just buckle out from beneath her and the baby was like just still couldn't really do it do anything you know and so I um you know I of course I'm googling like a mad woman you know when people are saying well sometimes it can take a couple days for the baby to get their legs out underneath them and whatever and I'm just like okay I'm just hoping that this is one of those sometimes. And so I I, I made sure that they had everything they, they needed, you know, the food, the water. And it was the temperatures were dropping, but it was still not so cold that they needed heat or anything like that, as long as the baby stayed close to the mom. And um, I just left them. And I had no idea what I was going to find in the morning because, you know, I didn't know if the mom, like, would stumble and crush the baby, just if the baby would even make it. Um, and it came out early and they're both still alive they're both still there i don't think they moved either one of them you know for the whole night so i you know got the mom up to make sure that she was getting food and water and you know and so that the baby could get underneath her and kind of holding the baby up nurse you know drink (laughs) you need to live um and so it took a couple days and eventually a couple days in the mom could start it could put weight down on all of her legs and the baby she just was developmentally delayed by a few days too but after like two three days she started to be very baby goaty you know like started to she's still really wobbly she, she was the level that i would have expected to see like an hour or two after being born not two days after being born but she obviously could use all of her legs and was still just taking a while to get the hang of it. I wasn't sure, like, was she blind? Did she, like, not get enough oxygen coming out? Like, is she just not all there mentally? Because she would just do the dumbest things, like, couldn't find. After two days, she would still get confused about what end of the mom the milk came out of. Um, but, you know, after a while, you know, she started to get the hang of it. And, and then this cold starts moving in. 
And, um, and so I'm like, I got a, I had a little dog sweater that I, from Halloween way back. So I got that on her at least at first. And then I was, I, I, I was looking at these temperatures that they're, they're projecting into the single digits. I mean, we, I, I've been in Texas for 18 years and I have never experienced temperatures in the single digits in this part of Texas. I, I'm just like, this, this This looks like it's a joke. It, it looks like somebody's just making it up. I, I, in my brain, I cannot process how this could possibly be happening. This can't be real, right? And I, I finally am like, there's no way that little goat's going to survive these temperatures, even in the shelter, without some kind of protective layer on her. Because even though I had planned to get heat set up for her, she doesn't stay under the heat full time. So um, I found I, I, I went online and I found this little dog coat. But I realized, well, I'm a little late to this party because almost all the sizes, all the styles are all sold out already. You know, people with a lot more foresight than me. And um, and so I found one that I hoped would fit that would get here in time uh, before the storm. And, and I ordered it. And it did get here in time before the storm and it, it fit her barely, but it fit her. And so I, I have this coat now that she wears. And, um, and then the next phase became the challenge of keeping the other goats out. So normally I would have just had the other goats out in the field and they would not have uh, been anywhere near her. And she would have had this private little space for herself and the baby, but it's so cold. And I couldn't trust that the bigger goats would not uh, bully the little ones out and, and they would have no shelter that I had to open the shelter up to all of them. But it became this constant every, like in the morning and then the evening, refiguring out how to create a divider that, because goats are so freaking strong and they'll just headbutt something. And, and to find a way that they can't push down a divider or whatever, it just it became this multi-day challenge of how to outsmart the goats to keep her separated from them and the baby separated from them, but they still could have shelter. And like, temperatures keep dropping and dropping. And finally, I'm like, okay, one heat source isn't enough. I need to get another heat source out there for her. And then the power went out. (laughs) So so the, the excitement ramped up another level. So even though she has, you know, has her coat, I just couldn't. So you know, started bringing her in. And so I had to bring the baby goat inside the house. So it was I like, knew okay. it. I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> Nurse, get your food. And she's got, get she has food. her own chair next to Francis's chair. No, no. <laughs> she's a, she, I put her in a big tub, like um, a big carrying tote. Uh, and just made her stay in there in the house because I don't have diapers or anything for her. Just stay in there with your little sweater and a blanket over you and sleep. And then when she finally started getting restless again, like, um, you know, started crying, I was like, all right, you got to take her outside and get her fed. And I, I, I hold her back out. And each time I go out, I'm like bundling up like it's for the tundra, right? Like so many layers and the coat and the gloves and the scarves and the hat. And anyway, carry her back out there and get her nursing again. And the power comes back on. Okay. You know, so, um, so I, I left, I have, she's been out there since the power's gone down a few more times, but it, it, it keeps coming back on. And so I'm just, you know, I got to go out. And now and check on her, make sure she's still alive. But I think she's she's okay for small amounts of time as long as she can get back under the heat when the power comes back on. So all of that's going on. And meanwhile, 
um, Francis the Goose has gone full on beauty. Like she, she started laying yet again and I didn't realize it until she had like six eggs and that's like 12 days of laying or something like that. And the, if, if you leave the eggs in their nest, once they've got a good collection of them, then they decide they want to sit on them. If you keep taking the eggs away from them, then they never get to that point where like, oh, I just need to go hatch some babies. And so I'd always taken her eggs from her, but this time around, I didn't catch it until she already had six. And so I was like, okay, I didn't want to take them all and then really upset her because she gets really mad when I take them. Um, so I was took most of them and I was like, I'll come back and sneak those other ones later. And I was too late. She went full on broody, sat on that nest, hasn't gotten off the nest for, I don't know how long. And so I was like, I don't know if she's just going to sit there forever. Cause I don't really know that much about geese and chickens. They'll get up off their nest, uh, eat, drink, and then go back and sit again. But geese just kind of sit there. And I didn't know if she's going to sit there for six months waiting for these dud eggs to hatch. Cause unless she has a special friend, I don't know about those eggs aren't hatching. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's like, okay, well, operation find Francis some babies, right now I get for serious. And I was kind of kicking myself because there's this hatchery in Texas um, that supplies like all feed stores and stuff. And you can order from them direct. And they actually had uh, goslings available uh, starting in February and I had already gone to the process of like setting up an order with them. And I, and I hesitated because it's like February is still really cold. And, you know, I, what if they get, the mail gets delayed, you know, it's so cold that if the mail gets delayed an extra day, then they might not make it. And I was really nervous about that. And then like a week and a half later, Francis goes broody and weather's super beautiful. And I was like, okay, I'll go make that order. And they were sold out for the year. I'm like, no. Okay, so plan B is I'll just start. I I know that they supply these farm stores, so I called them and I asked them if they knew when they were going to start shipping goslings out. And they're like, okay, the 10th of February is when we have our first order. But they didn't know where of all the stores those that orders those orders would start going out to. So it's like, okay, I'll just start calling the stores, you know, come 10th of February, uh, which now there's like this big massive winter comes settle down on us. I'm like, uh, maybe not. And someone stops by with four goslings and says, here, you know, I know you were looking for these. Like, great, great, <laughs> great. <laughs> what do I do? freaking cold out there. Like, I don't know for sure that she's going to accept them. Right. And so I have to give them to her at some point where, you know, I can observe and make sure everything's okay. And that's not going to happen in below freezing temperatures. So now I got to find a place to put them and keep them warm when the power goes out. Um, and so these last, this last week, it's like, I have no brain. Like all my attention, all my, every time I sit down and try and work, try and write, it, it's in these very short little spurts. And then I got to go worry about keeping somebody safe and warm or solving some, uh, housing situation or some heat situation just been nonstop. So my week has just been like awesome. Everybody's still alive (laughs) and we're getting through this, but insane. And, um, I just, I'm just kind of staring into space going, uh, what next? (laughs) So, uh, that is your podcast for this week (laughs) because I just, (laughs) Are you just amazed at how how you were able to pull this off? Um, 
I guess. I like when I you mean, look back on it, because you're you're telling the story, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is you know you didn't know how to do it, but then you just got the gloves and oiled up your arms and dove in. I mean, I've I've seen video, I've seen kids do it on video, so I I, I was like. I can't make it any worse than it is, right? Like, if the alternative is somebody dies, you know? So I didn't know that the baby, I, I really honestly thought the baby was dead. So this is awesome. It's a story I could tell. If the baby had been dead, I probably wouldn't be telling it because like, how do you tell that story, you know? So I don't get any credit for that. The baby was still alive. Yay. <laughs> you know? So I can tell the story. The goslings showed up and they're alive. Yay. But the minute somebody dies, I, I can't tell those stories, you know? So um, I, the, thing about, the thing about so much of this is like with goats especially, uh, I feel like when I get it right, it's almost a matter of luck because like, I have saved some goats over the years that just basically brought them back from the brink of death, but I've lost goats too. And I've not always known why one or, or, or the other. Like, so it just feels like just a, a roulette, you know, like I, I, it's just random. Right. And so, uh, yeah, it's great that I, that I was able to do all of this, but I can't guarantee if it happened again, we'd have the same outcome. It just feels very like it just happened and I was there for it. And now I'm just trying to keep everybody alive <laughs> and hope that, you know, everything turns out okay in the end. So, so if, if this were, let's, let's pretend and say this was a writing podcast. And if, 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 if you were writing this story of this hard scrabble woman living on a farm and in the middle of the, the worst cold front in the history of Texas and all this stuff happens, how do you, how do you make it believable? <laughs> well, like so much of life lately, I just don't know if you can. <laughs> you, uh, you, you just get inside her thoughts, and and you hear her, you watch her go through it, and and her process it. And I think by being close to the character and understanding why her choices and why she does what she does, you a glimpse of that's going to feel real. And then the external circumstances will sort of become believable because she believes them by extension. And if, if you're able to, let's say this is a series, and in each book, there's, there's a scene where our protagonist, our heroine, brings a, an animal into the house. <laughs> <laughs> Which becomes okay, a theme over the course of the anymore, series. Okay, <laughs> it would be a different animal each time. Yes, it, it is. happens to be goats, but but it would be like, oh, it's a baby fox, or you know, something else that she's discovered and brought in that now becomes part of a subplot to the overall drama of you know surviving the winter with no electricity. I love it. <laughs> I, I I've decided that um, if I had been born in the pioneer era where people had to basically boil their water on a stove to be able to have a hot bath, I would probably not have bath or shower from like September to March every year. <laughs> because Just thinking about it in this house um, as the temperatures start to drop into the sixties, because when the, when the power goes off and to think about trying to have a, any kind of water on you to even get out of your clothes as the temperature starts getting colder and colder. I'm like, Nope, 
I would have been a horrible pioneer person (laughs) or a very dirty one. (laughs) All right. And that is our show for this week. Sorry, guys. Writing writing stuff next week. Oh, this was great. These were some fantastic stories. So, yes, we will be back in your ear next week. And you will hear us talking about this same cold cold front because we're going to record next week's episode right after this. So don't be surprised when we're still talking about the same thing. Yes, we're going to try and get it in before the power goes out. So wish us luck. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be back in your ear next Tuesday, hopefully. See you guys next week.